Alright, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into a solo rendition of the Money Balls Podcast. I am Big J McCracken. Uh and and listen, Money Balls is a work in progress, right? I don't even know if that's gonna be the name of this thing, but that's a work in progress, just like everything else in this. Um basically what I want to do here is a level set. I want to level set everything. So basically what this is is this is a a podcast. I don't even know if you can call it that yet. I mean, basically, we're just I'm working off of an app on my phone. Uh, but it's it's me and two of my dirty ass friends. I got the grizzly man himself, Dirty D. I got Brandon, and then uh, 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 the other third completing the tripod is none other than uh, No Prep Randy himself. We got the Green Fox, whatever you want to call him. He's known in a few circles as Sharkhead, so you can call him that if you want. But basically, uh, I want to level set because we put out, I believe, two episodes on this, right? And it's pretty shitty audio because we're all quarantined. We're all in different locations. And we don't have any equipment anyway. And like I said, we're talking over basically the, the, the epicenter of this thing, like ground zero for this, is my cell phone. So, you know... Uh, the first week, basically what spawned this whole thing is we got into an argument about fictional fantasy baseball players. So we decided to have a draft where we drafted eight positions, a DH, three starting pitchers, and a closer, and a coach, right? And we had this big draft, and it took us two hours, and we did it in a podcast format. And, you know, we had, like, we snaked the draft, and we did that whole thing. So... I found this app, and basically what it does is, like, I found this app that does all the legwork for us. It finds the sponsors, it streams it out to all the platforms, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, all that stuff. So, this app does all the legwork for us, so that's what we're going to do. So, the first week we did the the fictional fantasy baseball player draft, it was two hours, right? Audio's terrible for, like, the last half hour of it. It gets choppy, and it gets, like, out of timing somehow, so it's kind of a hard listen at the end, but it's pretty it's a pretty interesting listen other than that, right? And then the 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 second week we came back and we recapped the fantasy baseball draft. And if I let the record show that I had filed a protest with the the league the league office and uh, this thing is officially under protest, the scoring on this was erroneous on all counts. And listen, very deserving champion, right? The Green Fox, if you haven't listened to it yet, he actually won the thing. Spoiler alert. But I don't know. We, the scoring system that we use, it's just like I got one point for Butch Hiddo, one point for Sam Tuttle, and zero for Bobby Rayburn. So that's two combined points for like three of my heaviest, my heaviest hitters, right? Shark, Green Fox... No prep, Randy, whatever you want to call him. Very deserving champion. He had, like, some huge names. You know, he had Benny the Jet. He had Roy Hobbs. He had Willie Mays Hayes. He had Henry Rowan Gardner. You know, those, I mean, he had the chops to win it. He had some very, very weak spots on his team, though. He had Matthew McConaughey's character in, in left and Angels in the outfield. And he also had Fez from Summer Catch at second. So, I think his weak spots were a little weaker than mine, but you... I won't argue the champ there. I'll just say that my team was 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 criminally underscored. So uh, you know, we'll, we'll just we'll leave it at that. Um, but no, but but seriously, though, it was a lot of fun. 
and then so we did the recap and then we had another draft where we did a duos draft because right now the last dance is going on right everybody if you've been living under a rock or you've been living in a cave or you've been on the spaceship that's like hovering in the air ready to go to mars in case this fucker blows up you know that the 97 98 bulls dynasty they had a camera follow them and they really they released the document uh, the the uh, the the document the documentary early uh, ten episodes right so Michael and Scotty are the best duo of all time in our eyes right and so but we couldn't we couldn't come to agreement on who was like the next wave so we had a ten we had a ten round duo draft and so we want the the people to decide who wins that as well. So I put that on Twitter. I have three Twitter accounts right now as it stands. We got Chicago Balls, we got Money Balls, and I have one for Big J McCracken myself. Um, so the more feedback we get, the more fun this is going to be. You could slide into any of my DMs. You could hit me up on uh, my email at bleacherstar at gmail.com. It's ex- spelled exactly how it sounds bleacherstar at gmail.com. And that's basically. It's basically what we did last week. I just tell you right now, my first pick was Doc Brown and Marty McFly. I feel like I'm coming out of the gate fucking hot right there. And looking at the raw data, like I put together the spreadsheet yesterday, looking at the raw data, I like how my duos look, right? So that is on the last podcast. And that's basically what we're going to try to do, right? Like we have three hours on that podcast. 45 minutes of that thing hit the cutting room floor, didn't make it. Like, I had to cut it short, or otherwise it would have been four hours. So we got the draft recap on the second one, and we also have the duos draft on the second one. Give that a listen. Again, the audio is not great. We're working on that. Hopefully by the next one we we have a little bit better audio. So if you could help with any of this, graphics, audio, whatever, DMs. I mean, my DMs, you, you know, are on fire right now as far as, like, you know, other places. You know, so let's get the Twitter DMs fucking. Let's light those things on fire. Let's light this candle and let's get this thing, you know, let's, let's, I'm ready to go to the next level, but this is a lot of fun. And, uh, so, but anyway, I wanted to touch on the last dance, the documentary that's out right now. I couldn't, like I was thinking documentation, documentary. First of all, I love it so far. It's playing out like a Scorsese film. A lot of people don't like the fact that it goes from 97, 98, and then it tells the story starting with Michael Jordan and all that stuff. They have to do that, right? Because they couldn't have a, a Bulls documentary, call it The Last Dance, focus on the last season of the dynasty, Bulls, right? Jordan, Rodman, Pippen, Phil Jackson, and all of that, and not tell the backstory. But if they told the backstory straight through, we wouldn't get to the 97, 98, like the meat of this, until like episode 7 or 8, right? So they have to kind of jump back and forth a little bit, and I think they're doing a good job with it. As good as you can. And um, I really like the first two episodes. Obviously, you got the Jordan factor. That's going to be, that's that's a fucking home run every time. And, he, you know, telling Michael Jordan's story is that, you couldn't get away with that in, in, a, in a movie. Like, you could not get away with that in a movie. Like, his, his story from when he is young and gets, doesn't make his varsity team all the way until the last shot that he makes as a Chicago Bull is like fairy tale stuff every step of the way you know so 
Starting with the Jordan thing, you know, the first two episodes were great. Everybody was excited. It set the stage. You know, I think episodes three and four were good. I think they were might have been like a tick under. That probably has something to do with the excitement level of the like how we were coming into the first two episodes. But I like three and four. I like the the bad boys like that storyline, the bad boys bull storyline. I love that. That's a great storyline. Like I could watch I could watch stories on that storyline. Like I could watch episodes of Thirty for Thirties just on that. Like four days. Like I love that storyline. I like the fact that Jordan kind of like threw some shade, and you got to see exactly like you know an unedited like how he feels about it. Uh, he fucking hates Isaiah Thomas, which is you know, and it's still to this day like you could see that that he still doesn't like those teams. And listen, I you know everybody made a big deal about the Pistons walking off the floor and not shaking their hand. The Celtics did the same thing to the Pistons. I don't mind that so much. You know, it's like whatever. Like people, you know, you have to stay consistent. Like if you are going to call this like era, like you're going to call them a bunch of pussies and shit, you have to be able to go back there and then you have to respect what the Pistons did and not shake their hands. Like if you think it's too buddy-buddy now, you got to respect what the Pistons did. You can't have it both ways. You can't be pissed off at the Pistons and then say that they're too buddy-buddy now. But I will say that the Pistons, they are, uh, they're saying, you know, their, their reason for it is because the Celtics, they said the Celtics did that to them. But I heard a story that the story behind the Celtics walking up the court on them is because the game was in Detroit and the Celtics wanted to get off the floor before people, the fans came down. So, you know, that was kind of their reasoning behind that. The Pistons were in Detroit when they beat the Bulls as well. So they didn't have to worry about any of the fans. They just did it as, as a sign of, you know, disrespect or whatever. Like, you know, fuck you. That was a big fuck you. I, I don't really – it doesn't bother me because the Bulls won. They won a championship. So at the end of the day, they got the laugh. Fuck them. Let's hate each other for the rest of the time and let's be, let's, let's, let's be okay with it. Yeah, they were fucking pussies. So let's fucking hate them for it, right? That's the way I look at it. Um, and I don't think it's a big deal. Like, I'm not, like, easily, uh, you know, I'm not one of these guys that, like, I'm not a good sport myself, you know. So, anyway. Uh, I'm interested to see, like, the next Sunday, right? We got five and six coming. Oh, I want to say three and four, episode three and four, Dennis Rodman was, I you, we forget how good he was for those teams. Like, Dennis Rodman was awesome on those teams. Uh, I don't know if they're... They're obviously not as good without him. I don't know if they win three in a row without him. Like, he was a difference maker on those teams. He was a huge impact player. Rebounding machine. Could play defense. You know, and we forget that over time. You know, everybody focuses on Michael and Scotty. We forget about Dennis. Dennis was huge. Like, like those... Like, the first Bulls 3 Pete, they were good. But that second Bulls three-peat with Dennis Rodman was, you know, obviously arguably the best team of all time. So, but we forget about how good he was. He was a character and all that stuff. And all the antics aside, he was a great fucking basketball player. So, and he was a hard worker too. He worked at being good. Like he's not, like people people forget or people think because of the way that he was that he didn't work on his craft and he was one of the hardest working players in basketball. That's why he was so good. So who gives a shit about anything else that he did? The guy was a winner, 
and he played hard and he and he worked hard at it. So kudos to him. Um, but so I'm interested to see if it, it ended with the Bulls winning their first championship, right? So we're on. We're gonna be the next ones are gonna be done with the probably the first three Pete. They're gonna probably slow walk us through the the Trailblazers second championship and then you know through the third championship where they beat Barkley. I think it's going to end around the time of Michael's first retirement, and I'm interested to see what they get into there, what angle they spin on it. Jordan had to sign off on the footage, so I doubt they they are going to like say or make the main point the reason why he retired because of gambling, right? Like the gambling conspiracy that's out there where they say that David Stern made Jordan retire because of some gambling debts or whatever. Uh, they tied his father's murder into it. Um, I'm sure you've heard about that. Uh, like even people out of Chicago, like that's a big, big story. Like they made uh, six seventy to score. Julie DeCaro, uh, who is no longer with the radio station anymore, she made her and somebody else made a podcast about it. And uh, you know, so there's a lot of there's a lot of backstory there. So go check that out if you're not familiar with that. But so I'm wondering what angle they're going to spin on it. Are they going to talk about the gambling? I, they won't. That won't be the focus. But I'm interested to see if they'll at least bring it up where that could have been a possibility. I'm probably about ninety percent sure they're just going to focus on the fact that he retired because he was, um, you know, grieving over his father and he wanted to play baseball. They're going to focus on the baseball angle of it and not the gambling aspect of it. If I had to guess, but it'll be interesting to see how they do it it's at least something to look forward to so that's that's what i'm looking forward to for the next episode so we're gonna see about that and i think probably by the next like seven and eight they're gonna it's gonna all come together and it's gonna be those are gonna be like the the episodes where it really focuses on the last season and kind of the 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 dissension that was there and you know maybe some of the behind the more behind the scenes stuff that's one complaint that i would have is there's not as much juicy behind the scenes stuff there i want to see some juice you know i want to see you know a lot of the you know the sketchy shit behind the scenes i I, we see a little bit of it i thought we would get a little bit more of it um so maybe that's coming though and i would love to hear jerry more jerry krause's side of the story like he's getting thrown under the bus at the end of the day, he put together a championship team around Michael Jordan. Like you can say what you want, like it's easy to win with Michael Jordan, but you still need to put together the pieces to make it a cohesive unit and all that stuff. And find the coach and find the chemistry and all that stuff. He did a great job at that. You can't take it away from him no matter what. You could say it's easy with Jordan, but at the end of the day, we don't know. Jerry Krauss did that. He fucking failed miserably after Jordan and he built the Elton brand teams and all that shit. But all right. So I'm getting off on a tangent there, but I'll just bring it back. Can't wait for Sunday. Going to be a good time. Um, let's see. What else? The Bears draft. I want to talk about that for a little bit. My guy, Cole Komet. Everybody, nobody likes this pick. Brian Kelly, his his college coach. And let me just say that not a lot of people like this pick because they say the Bears have 10 tight ends on the roster. Who gives a shit? There's not going to be 10 tight ends when the season starts. And of those 10 tight ends, they have maybe two that are NFL player caliber players. Jimmy Graham being one of them, who is definitely not any part of the future of the franchise. He's basically like a Band-Aid last resort in case they couldn't do anything in the draft. Or in case nobody felt to them that they liked or whatever. Jimmy Graham was at least 
a competent NFL tight end that could run a route and shit like that, right? So at the end of the day, they had Jimmy Grant. They added Cole Komet. Look no further than his fucking coach, Brian Kelly, who coached Travis Kelsey, Tyler Eifert, and a couple other guys. He said Cole Komet is just as good as those guys. He was the most NFL-ready tight end. So the Bears, they needed a playmaker at the position, right? You saw the last couple of years how much the team struggled the offensive production went way down when Trey Burton was a head case and didn't didn't want to play or whatever the, the case was. Like when Trey Burton was a factor, the offense was better. You, you could see there was a major difference, a visible difference in the the way that the offense worked when there was like a, a, a productive tight end on the field. Cole Komet is going to be that guy. If he's not, I don't hate the pick because the Bears got to take the best dart at that. And, get, and just take a shot anyway. If it, if the tight end makes that much of a difference in that offense, which it does, it's a big offense that relies heavily on tight end production. You you got to take your best shot, and I think they did. Adam Shaheen was a bust, and I credit Ryan Pace for at least admitting, you know, that his errors in this. You could you, you know Cole Komet, so that Adam Shaheen's days are numbered, and the same thing with Robert Quinn. He 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 feels like he didn't like Leonard Floyd was a good player. He was serviceable, but at the end of the day, he wasn't what they thought they were going to get with the ninth pick in the draft, top 10 guy. He wasn't an impact player like they wanted him to be. Ryan Pace went out and got Robert Quinn to play opposite of Khalil Mack there. So that was him, in a sense, admitting that Leonard, like he failed on Floyd, he failed on Shaheen. And so that's what Cole Komet is. And I watched the tape on him. Nothing really sticks out at you, but... I mean, everybody's highlights at tight end are pretty much the same thing. Like, if you go back and you watch a college tight end, like, he's a big dude. He's, like, one of those limbery guys where his arms are, like, 10 feet long. So, uh, I'm excited for it. Chicago guy, you know, it'd be a good story if he is good. And, you know, that's one thing that the, the offense needed, right? Besides a, a speedy receiver was, was a tight end. The tight end was the most important position that they needed to fill. They got it done. Cole Komet. Good pick. And then Jalen Johnson at the 50. That's all I'm going to talk about because nobody gives a shit about fifth-round picks. They got a couple like big offensive linemen. Big fucking deal. Jalen Johnson, cornerback. He, this thing is all over the board with this, right? I will say that I read an article that said that Jalen Johnson, uh, his ceiling is a lockdown corner. That's his ceiling. Uh, he was like a second-team All-American this year. Had a couple picks. They say... His biggest strength is his physicality and the way that he can – he's not a zone corner. And so that means that he could cover one receiver beginning of the game to the end of the game, right? And if you caught any of the Darrell Revis and Richard Sherman, like that little thing that they had going back and forth, Darrell Revis' biggest complaint about Richard Sherman was the fact that Richard Sherman is a zone cornerback, where Darrell Revis – was a guy that locked on one guy for the whole game, right? And followed him all over the field. There's a huge difference between that and what Richard Sherman is. So it bothered Revis when people were calling Sherman like the greatest of all time or putting him in a conversation with some of the best cornerbacks ever because he didn't follow the, the receivers. They're saying Jalen Johnson can do that. They're saying, I think his coach said he would have been a top 15 pick had he not had injuries. He just had labrum surgery like my guy Mitch Trubisky uh, in March. But they say that he will be ready to go by the start of the season. Listen, they needed uh, another cornerback opposite of Kyle Fuller. So this is just another, like, 
take your best shot at the and what what I read about him I like I've watched some film on him it looks exactly like every other cornerback's film like I can't you can't really decide like just watching highlights what they're going to be in the NFL because every single even the bad players that come to the NFL their highlights look good but Jalen Johnson from everything that I've read he's going to get every opportunity to be the guy and a lot of people think that he is going to step in day one and be a good cornerback and like I said his ceiling is lockdown corner so that's a good ceiling to have you know I'm not sure that if everybody could have that but I'm not sure what they would say like maybe I need to read some other scouting reports to get a little frame of reference here but uh, a lot of people are really high on him some people aren't as high I mean at the end of the day he was the 50th pick in the draft so there's usually a reason but I like the fact that he is coming off of an injury so that's probably why it fell a little bit and so We'll see what happens. But I like what the Bears did on defense. And if he is a dude, like if that Jalen Johnson is a dude, they need Cole Komet to be a dude. Make no mistake about it. Like, that's going to be bad if Cole Komet sucks. They need him to be a guy. If Jalen Johnson, they don't necessarily need it because they got the ISU guy. They have a couple fallback things there. But if Jalen Johnson is a dude and he, and he is productive right out of the gate, that Bears defense is looking scary. You know, they don't have, like, they didn't replace Ha Clinton Dix or whatever. Devin Bush is going to step in. They do have Robert Quinn. A full season of Roquan Smith is going to make a lot of difference, even in the secondary, because they're going to be able to get pressure on the quarterback. Roquan's going to be going sideline to sideline. Roquan's going to make a huge difference. If they can keep him engaged, right? Like, I don't know if he's a head case or what's going on. I'm ready for year three of Roquan, though. I want a clean slate. Roquan, go out and get it done. Uh, you know, Khalil Mack's going to be there. You know, I mean, you hope that he has a little bit of a bounce back here. He had a he had a tough year last year. Probably a lot going on. A lot of injuries on the defense that didn't help. So that probably slowed his production. Akeem next back. So if Jalen Johnson is a dude, though, that that defense is looking that defense is looking pretty formidable. Everybody like there's a lot of Bear fans. Like when Kwiatkowski left and signed with the Raiders, a lot of Bear fans were fucking freaking out. Kwiatkowski was a backup the entire time he was here. He played in like 15% of the snaps in his Bears career for like five years or four years or whatever it was. So it's not a big loss. Like that was a role player. He played like the second half of last year and made some plays. But at the end of the day, he couldn't force his way on the field. Uh, so Kwiatkowski, you know, it is what it is. Good for him to get paid, though. Um, you know, and I root for him, too. So, But, yeah, that's about it. Well, I got off on another tangent. So... But, uh, you know, we'll see what the Bears do. I'm not even going to talk about Trubisky and Foles. I think most people know where I stand on that. I'm probably pretty sure I'll have a lot of opportunity to talk about that in the coming, you know, whatever, episodes or years or Twitter or whatever. So, um, let's see, Last Dance, Bears, what else? That's basically it. You know, we're going to try. I'm going to get my friends in. If we could get on the same page with this thing, that's going to be like – that like you wouldn't think, you know, that they're getting on the same page to, to get to come together for an hour, you know, maybe do like 10 minutes of, of prep action, hot prep, you know, get some hot prep in there, 10 to 20 minutes of hot prep in an hour, you know, setting a time and all that stuff. You would not think that that would be, a, you know, like an issue or like a hurdle that you would need to, 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 to really like not look forward to. That has proven a little difficult. So. It'll be interesting to see what happens this week. I'm gonna, we're gonna try to do it. We're gonna try to bring the fictional, 
fantasy football draft this week. Um, so, you know, want some feedback on that. Uh, but other than that, you know, I think that's moving forward. We're going to try to make the drafts like a smaller part of, you know, what we're trying to do. At the end of the day, you know, we're it, this is going to be like a, an interactive deal where, you know, we just talk about sports and whatever else, you know, just a bunch of bullshit. You know, this focus probably isn't even on sports. It's probably on like like last last week we had 45 minutes to hit the cutting room floor where I talked about how I took 45 second showers freezing cold showers and you know my asshole was puckered back in my early 20s because i didn't pay my gas bill um you know so i don't know how we landed the plane on that one but you know so we'll probably get into more of that type of stuff you know with some drafts you know stuff like that i think a goal for us as well is to like raise some money since this since this can generate revenue through this app you know i hope my checking account to this app so we can pull money out. The more subscribers that we get, the more money we make. And one idea that we have is to like give, you know, whether it's two dollars or whether it's twenty-six billion dollars, is to help people that are most affected by the coronavirus. The coronavirus, as uh, your girl, um, uh, what what is her name? I'm old, and I'm showing my age right now. I can't even uh, Cardi B. So, yeah, so the coronavirus, so just like lunches are big right now. Lunches are huge right now across the board. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people affected by this across the board. So we want to do our part and donate, uh, you know, if we have to, we'll donate it all, whatever. Um, but I don't anticipate like anything. I don't expect anything, no expectations. But if it did come down to it, you know, we would help out some people because we're here for the people. So, um you know what else is going on i think yeah the fictional fantasy football draft is coming up we'll probably get into it like maybe saturday you know the 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 no prep randy he's the wild card of the team you know i feel good about brando most of the time brando's engagement is better when we got no prep randy engaged you know if we got if that's going and if that's flowing then it then it works a little bit better you know because because really a three-man tripod team three-man fucking tandem or or trio is only as good as the weakest link right as the mo as the as the least ambitious guy you know and we're not going to do this without either of each other so um or at least in the long run <laughs> like as i say doing this without either of them but what i'm saying is like, for the long run, like, we'll shut this fucker down, as my guy, No Prep, likes to say. So, but if we can get No Prep on board, you know, solid, solidly, firmly in the fold, which he is, but if we can get the wild card, you know, in, it, it, he, you know, he's like, you know, that's like trying to, that's like trying to, to, like, keep a fox, you know, boxed in in your backyard, like, Good luck with that. That's like trying to catch a coyote in Chicago, like in the city limits. You know, like trying to catch a coyote in Chicago would be like kind of like how I would factor in reeling this guy in to do a podcast every week. You wouldn't think it would be that much of an issue, but, you know, apparently it's um, there are some factors in play that I that I I wouldn't have thought would be. So but I think once this thing gets greased and going and and we're off and running i think it'll be i think it'll be uh i think it'll start going smooth 
And I think it's going to be fun. We're all quarantined. We all don't have anything to do. That's the other thing. Like, I didn't, I thought that it would be easier since there's nowhere to go. But I think that's even complicated things because we can't, like, meet in person. Right? So, you know, but, you know, we'll, we'll at least rock this through the quarantine, you know, and see, see what we can do. See what kind of fucking shit we have to bring, you know? The duo draft was fun. You know, if I could talk about that, you know, we need some more feedback out of that. But I went Marty McFly, Doc Brown right out of the fucking gate. So I came out with some heat right out of the gate, you know. And I won't, like, too many spoilers if you want to listen to it. The audio is kind of hard to listen to, but if you get around the bad audio, it's a fun listen. A lot of great duos in there. And actually, I posted it on Twitter anyway, so you got the graphic. Fuck it. I went Maverick and Goose with the second pick. Like... I came out with the probably the heaviest hitters in my book right out of the gate, you know, and then I got, I didn't finish probably as strong. You have to take a look at it, but you know, if I was going to crown a champion just with the raw data on that thing, I'm going me and then, uh, well, I don't know. I don't want to say, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, so I won't, I won't give out a silver and a bronze, but I will say that, uh, if I'm given, if I'm given an edge at all. I, I gotta give it I got to give it there's there all three lists are great. I probably shouldn't I probably shouldn't I'll let I'll let you decide. We're here for the people. Anything else? Baseball. I heard the baseball is gonna be popping off. I think it's more of a reality now than ever. I think it's inevitable. I had my serious doubts, but I think they're gonna play and they're just gonna realign the divisions. So for the Cubs and the Sox, what that means is they're gonna have Cubs, Sox, Brewers, all the Midwest are basically going to be in the same division. Uh, and they're going to have the West, all West, Arizona, Oakland, all those guys. They're going to cross American League, National League, doesn't matter. And then on the East Coast and probably the South, maybe, you know, they'll probably have the like the Southern region, Houston, you know, um, the Rangers. Doesn't matter what division or doesn't matter what league, right? They're going to cross all that. Be interesting to see if they do do that, what they do with like the DH and stuff. Or do they keep the leagues and bring in, you know, and just they have to like figure out like they're going to have one National League, one American League, and then just cross divisions and just figure out which one they're going to call the National League, which one they're going to call the American League. Wow. I just I just went down a fucking spiral right here where my brain is is, you know, is is doing a complete fucking swirl right now. So. Let me just get it back here because the DH is throwing me for a fucking loop. I have no idea what they're going to do there. But, um, yeah, that's a loop, and that's a, that's a ricochet that I might not get out of. But uh, the first thing they have to do before they even figure out where they're going to play and where the who's, what's, and where's, you know, the first thing they have to do is figure out the money issue because they're obviously going to play it in front of no fans and – that's they're gonna play it in front of no fans. They're gonna lose the beer sales. They're gonna lose the ticket box. They're gonna lose the box office, right? They're gonna lose the food sales and all that shit. So they're gonna have to figure out between the owners and the players who's gonna eat the money where, who's gonna eat the majority of the money, or they're gonna have to divvy it up and find a fair. So the CBA is gonna have to get reworked at least for one season, and then so that's the first hurdle that they got to get over and then they're going to have to figure out how they're going to do it so once they figure that out which i think they're working on it and it just seems like 
they're resigned to the fact that, you know, they're going to play an abbreviated season in front of no one. So I'll take it. A lot of people are like a lot of like Goose Gossage probably hates it. Goose Gossage is, is stewing over this right now. I'll take it because I want to watch some baseball, whether it's whether it's 80 games, whether it's 40 games, whatever. Just give me some baseball on my fucking TV so I can shut the fuck up, you know. And stop talking about my, my 45 second showers and shit like that, right? Quit making fucking duo drafts or whatever. You know, just give me something to do. Other than that, you know, it's all good. Like, there's a, but there's some people like, I don't know what it would do with the record books as far as per year records and stuff like that. Probably have an effect on those. That wouldn't be necessarily fair to the players' long term records, but I think the players would prefer to play in the long run then fuck with the records. I think that they would just prefer to play and make some money, right? I'm sure they're getting paid. I wonder what their unemployment looks like. I don't know. Another rabbit hole. Anyway, what else is going on? Oh, I'm thinking about ordering a book and a PlayStation 4. The next book that I order, though, like, for some reason, when I get books, I read them front to back in one sitting. Like, I can't just read like a normal person. I think there's probably something wrong with me. And... I need to figure out what what's up with that. So the next book I get, I'm gonna try to like divvy it up, and uh, you know we'll see what happens. So I'm in the market for a book. I'm thinking about getting a PS4, depending on how long this quarantine goes. I hear different things. I think either way, no matter what, as soon as we get out done with this, like everybody's gonna go back out into the world, no restrictions. It's gonna spike up again, so we're gonna be right back here. I just think we can look forward to not having life as we know it for like a long time. So. Whatever it is, whatever that means, whether we're out walking around like fucking, you know, like ninjas with face masks on and all that shit, or whether we're fucking living like vampires, not able to come out of our house or a little combination of the two, it ain't going to be normal for a long fucking time. So, you know, I'm, I'm rolling with the punches, you know, you got to take life as it comes, you got to be able to adapt. I feel like I'm hitting a really good adapt mode right now, like, I feel like... You know, I'm really adapting well. Like I'm finding other, I'm finding other shit to do. You know, my house is, my house could not be any more clean. You know, I'm getting a lot done for work. I'm working from home. I'm getting a lot done. Uh, I think I'm actually, I think, honestly, I'm actually more, I'm a better employee and more valuable working from home. I get more work done. I'm able to focus. There's no distractions. There's no other people. This is something that maybe companies are going to want to look at more, institute more of this. Like, it, it's harder for, like, when you have to communicate with a, with a wide variety of people or, like, a wide, like, but at the end of the day, you could, anything that, you, that I need to do, I could do right here. It's, like, literally no different. The only thing is, is I could see, like, the whites of people's eyes, and if there's a, you know, I don't know, long story, I think, I, I think I'm more productive at home, but. You know, I'll let I'll let the people decide that one as well. I'll let the powers that be decide that one. That's also a lot of conspiracies are flying around too. A lot of conspiracies. Who are the powers that be? A lot of consp- I'm a casual conspiracy guy, you know, but I'm not like one of these big like the world is controlled by fucking perv devil worshippers, you know. I'm a, I, I like a good casual conspiracy like you know, um, there's aliens in in Arizona or New Mexico. You know, like I'm a, I'm a conspiracy guy like that or like, you know, something is rigged, like maybe the lottery's rigged or, or, you know, but like the, or JFK was killed by, you know, whoever, like the CIA, 
you know, I'm a Jew. I, I, I can get into a juicy, fun conspiracy or the Jordan one. That's a juicy, fun conspiracy. I'm not a conspiracy guy like, you know, like these, like the weird, like all these fucking dudes that are like, they have that island and all that shit. And like there's six media companies controlling the world, like, you know, or like we're all, nobody's real and we're all, um, nobody's real and we're all, uh, simulations and shit like that. Like the fucking weird shit, like. I would prefer not to know, even if it was real. So I'm good with that. But I do like a, a juicy casual conspiracy. I'm not. I'm not tinfoil to the point where it's going to affect my life at all. I'm going to lose sleep over it, and that's just so. Um, but either way, uh, that's about all I got. This was a fun little fucking solo shot here, and uh, you know, I mean, what else is there? To, is there is there anything else that's going on? You know, I've been hitting the, been been able to fucking diet harder. I've been focusing on the diet a little bit. I've been able to like stay off. I haven't ate a frozen pizza for a week. Uh, you know, but I am craving a home run in frozen pie. There's no doubt about that. So that's, I mean, you know, the quarantine Iron Man no pizza streak is coming to an end sooner than later. Like you can you can count on that one. But other than that, I'm I'm really like because I was getting up there. Like I was putting them on. You know, you could count on 15, 20 right off the bat, right? Like, you factor that in. But then it's what you do after that. Do you go the other way or do you come back? I'm, I'm in the process of uh, uh, on the comeback. Minor setback for a big comeback. Here we are. So, but, um, you know, in fact, I think I'm going to work out after this. So, great thing for workout soreness. I did find lay on a cold-ass basement floor. Like, it sounds... I mean, it's cold and it's good for your spine. Like, I don't know. I think I have back issues or something. Like, maybe not everybody could get as much out of it as I do, but it takes your breath away. It feels so good. It takes your breath away. And then I changed the game. I went steaming hot shower to the straight to cold basement floor. That's a game changer. Like, that is next level right there. Like, that'll put you in a body utopia that you, like, sex is cool, but do one of those and then and then get back to me. So... But good times, I think that's all we got for today. So I uh, hope I was able to level set this a little bit. We're going to go hopefully come back with the guys this weekend, figure some shit out, talk about some shit. You know, if, you, if there's any topics that we need to fucking hit on, let us know. Other than that, be good, slip into your, your finest quarantine sweats, and uh, stay safe, wear a mask or don't. Big time for ninjas right now. Big, big time for ninjas right now. Like, you could slide, like, if ninjas were hard to detect before, like, good luck finding one now. That's all I got to say. So be careful out there. Uh, watch out for ninjas. It'd be good. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We'll see you next time. Hopefully this weekend. But out.